You're traveling through another dimension. It is a dimension as vast as the deals possible when playing EA Sports BHEM mode. And as timeless as the shadow energy that powers the gambler's fallacy itself. It is the middle ground between light and dark Twitter, between chart and superstition. And it lies behind the litany of terrors suffered and felt by Euler fandom and the summit of their Promethean hopes of lighting a new and revolutionary fire. This is the land of imagination. It is an area we call Handkerchief Dynasty. I am, as always, <clears throat> your secret professor, joined by my good friend and defender of the sacred taco meal kit, taco salad meal kits, the high priest of Oilers Magic. How are those meal kits looking, by the way? I think we, we, uh, we acquired them in 2015. Right, can, can we still eat those? Yeah, taco meal kits don't go bad. They're like honey. They find taco meal kits in the tombs of the pharaohs. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what can I tell you, man? I woke up today. First things first, just like a punch in the face. Like a punch in the face. Like no one expected this, right? Everyone was like, Seattle's going to take a player. You know, maybe they'll try and sign one of our free agents. But, uh, but yeah, Adam Larson being like, yeah, you know what? It's been real peace you didn't expect that i mean i expected him gone probably as a free agent i didn't expect him to sign with seattle so in a way like the the manner in which the departure happened was surprising but you know i had it no better than like a 50 50 split he was even going to resign because the thing is and brian lawton said this recently on oilers now it's like if he hadn't signed by now in a a way we kind of had a bit of an answer there you know what i mean like it was it was it was coming down to the wire so I don't know. It's disappointing, though. You still were holding yeah. out hopes. Still holding out hopes to be back. You know? I wasn't. I wasn't. I had that guy as as gone yeah. as soon as he was on the unprotected list. I mean, and why? Like, uh, you can't blame him. It'd be so much fun. Well, to be fair, him. it had nothing to do with the protected list. It was just like, to, to be honest, he had been traded to Edmonton. Yeah, probably had a pretty rough ride. People based like how many times do you think he'd been walking? Like Adam Larson walking down the street. Let's say 2016 to the present day. And someone rolls by and slows down, rolls down their window. Like he knows what's coming, right? No, that's they're gonna be like one for one. Fuck you, Hall's better. Like I'm sure no people way. fucking said that shit to him in public, or, or like I mean, it's definitely on social media. Like it's like, yeah, but it's not as Taylor- though the, it's not as though the fan base treated Adam Larson fantastically while he was here, and he never even fucking chose to be here in the first place. So of course, like, why wouldn't someone like that? Also, when you hear all the the story of like the very personal reasons and stuff, the family yeah. stuff, it's like. But like, yeah, I'm happy for him. I hope he does well. Seattle's a beautiful city. You know, it will be at least for the next five to six years before the Zelta variant emerges and we get full zombie apocalypse. I mean, the refugee crisis will destroy Seattle before that, actually. Just let me say offhand, that'll be in like 2024. But for now, wish him all the best in Seattle. You know, his contract will be up by by then. It'll be expiring right around that at that time, according to my estimations. Um. People are pissed, though. Like, I, I was arguing with people on Twitter. They're just like, it's Ken Holland's job to, like, keep him. So he didn't do his no, it's job. Not. It's like his job to try and keep him. It's a lot well, of people's jobs to try though. and do things. And, yeah, he tried pretty fucking hard, it sounded like. But well, he was going, going was just like, against the fucking current. Listen, Ken, uh, this is my impression. This is my Swedish accent, okay? Okay, yeah. Listen, Ken, my dad came here and died. I did <laughs> I think Seattle would be real fun, Ken. 
And Ken Holland's like, all right, no, you know what? I, you, I know, Ken, uh, you know, I think uh, you make a good point there, Adam. Uh, I just yeah. feel like, uh, you know, you're a really important player to our team. I and, know, uh, I know you, I am. We feel like you're a big part of the future here. And, uh, you know, Edmonton's a nicer place than Seattle when you really like add it up, all told. No, right? it's not. No, it's not, Ken. <laughs> Have you been to Seattle, Ken? That's not true. <laughs> what makes this impression so perfect is it's really a Trojan horse for a Schwarzenegger impression. Really, uh, that's what's going like, on here. You know, there's like, there's some Schwarzenegger DNA mixed into your Larson impression, but I think you've captured his like thoughtful, kind of pensive approach to human communication in English. I imagine I, it's the I, same I, way in Swedish. I just think guy. like it was it was time for him to move on for him. You know what I mean? Like we don't totally we don't. Uh, own these guys like these as are much still as people do like want to treat them like human yeah travel. yeah totally these are still guys who i mean if it was you or i if, if somebody was like you know you, there's an opportunity here for you to go to seattle and be on their first nhl team and also your dad died where you're playing now so well and he died would, like would in you your like house and like you know your your parents used to visit twice a year and then yeah. your mom's been there once in like three years because it's too fucking depressing to come back to the house where this horrible tragedy took place plus he got fucking traded here and then people just shat on him the entire yeah. time for the trade which has I nothing him, to do with him i had him as gone and i'm i'm happy for him that he's gone and if adam larson seriously if the loss of adam larson is the thing that breaks this club then like he wasn't the answer to the problem anyway. You know what I mean? Like we're going to be fine without Adam Larson. Every time the Oilers lose a guy. It stings, but people are overreacting. Yeah. Every time the Oilers lose anybody, there's always so much more importance put on who we just lost than who we, who we got. Like the amount of times I've heard that Caleb Jones was our best defensive prospect over the past 48 hours, 72 hours. I'm still hearing it. He was 25 years old. He was, he was, I mean, he was no, no disrespect to, to Caleb Jones. I, I think he's, you know, he's got potential to have an NHL career here. Like I think uh, he's a, a little player. bit of disrespect to Caleb Jones. As far as I'm concerned, he's closer to uh, never was than he is a defensive prospect at this point. He's like the same, the same people that are saying Mike Smith is too old and Duncan Keith is too old. In the same breath, they're calling a 25-year-old our best defensive Why don't we just euthanize them at age 35? Would that make everyone happy? We'll just fucking stick a needle in these guys' arms when they're age yeah. 35. It's like, to the glue factory, sorry. It'll be like that episode of Star Trek where but you I have can to still commit play. ritual suicide. Have you, you know? ever looked? Have you ever looked at the? Uh, the it's list like the, to the people. Everyone that tells me Mike Smith is everyone that like cites Mike Smith's age. I just throw his fucking numbers last year at them. It's like, so what matters more, his age or like what he fucking did last year? Because I don't know yeah. about you, we were a better hockey team with him in net last year, guys, and he's not that expensive. So, and who who was our like who? What was our? Tell me who's better, if not Mike Smith. So we say no to Mike Smith. Mike Smith is like, can I have two years? And Ken Holland's like. Uh, no, I don't think so. And then Mike Smith's like, okay, well, then I'll see you later. And then Ken Allen's like, perfect. And then that goes out and the Oilers have and lost we got Mike Smith. roll out there with Miko next year. Miko and, and a then we have box. No, nobody. And Mike Smith obviously goes somewhere else and has like a great year. Yeah. And then, and then what? Like, is that of course, though? Ever, another wanted? team acquired a goalie on the trade market, though, man. Another team made a trade for a goalie. Why couldn't we make that trade? Uh, well, which, because we didn't have a goalie and the which, fucking pick they wanted to go back. Which goalie was that? It was the, the Carolina one, wasn't it? 
Carolina traded him for Bernier and a pick to the wings. But like we didn't have a Bernier, we didn't have a third round pick. And it's like, well, oh, we should just give whatever. him Miko. It's like, well, they didn't want fucking Miko probably for yeah, fuck's sake. Like, open your goddamn fucking Mika. eyes, people. Can it's you like, imagine? Just because a trade takes place in the fucking National Hockey League does not mean that you could have just been on it if you just NHL, EA Sports style, GM yeah. mode, added another totally. fucking pick to it in your mind. Like, that's not the real fucking world. Plus, a huge swath of players don't even want to fucking play in Canada, dude. So, like, why are you going to go and spend assets to get a guy that's just, in all likelihood, 99% just going to be walking at the end of the term too. It's like, there's yeah. these factors that people just like, don't seem to want to accept. It's just like facts of fucking life. Like, I'm sorry. We, we make babies when men and men and men and women have sex and they make babies. That's just the facts of life. I'm not going to change it because it grosses you out guys. And let me, let me, let me tell you, I think it's pretty gross myself. I wish it didn't have to be that way. I'm extremely terrified of sex, but I'm not going to deny that that is how sexual reproduction works. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a tangent. Uh, I mean, and then like a lot of people are bundling it all together, being like, so we lost Larson for nothing and Jones for nothing and a third round pick for nothing. And it's like, well, okay, one of those people is a free agent who we had no control. Like you do whatever the fuck he wants. So, yeah, yeah, you'll and, 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 and like, everyone would have been on board with keeping our quote unquote free agents at the deadline because they were our own kind of, you know, our own kind of like rental players, as, as the saying goes. Like also, we all knew this was a possibility. This could happen with Nuge. Can you imagine the fucking cacophony of bullshit that would have been spewed online if this shit happened with Nuge? And Nuge was a Seattle Kraken right now. Is Kraken plural or singular? That's never going to be right to me. Krakens. Kraken. It's a uh, singular. It's uh, both. Same same problem with the elk. <coughs> the elks. Elk. Like we're, we're entering an age where like plurality is going to be confused in sports sport team yeah. nomenclature. You're right. Yeah. Also, this idea that like, and it's it's it bothers me more and more, kind of with with each passing cycle of of the moon and the sun. It's that Duncan Keith is like nothing. Like his his value has dropped, even this it's been it's been um magnified by now well, it's like it's, it's there, like less than adam a... larson that we got nothing for adam larson so now it's like you're saying it's like we got nothing for adam larson we got nothing for caleb jones it's like wait a second no that they're even going beyond that they're, saying, they're be... saying we traded caleb jones in a third for negative value we got less than nothing for those guys is what these fucking baby acts are saying it's like guys like you do realize that you know i mean sure he's old and stuff but like he's he's an nhl veteran who knows how to play the game who's just he might be a little bit better than caleb jones yeah you don't want to be paying him over five million in cap hit and 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 honestly to be honest there's no way he'd even fucking be here if it wasn't for like some random fucking like swing of events as well you know like it's probably pretty fucking hard for the oilers to find a top four defenseman to trade for generally wouldn't you say that's probably the case Given that I think it's pretty hard for any team yeah. to swing a trade in the NHL. Like it's not like, like you were saying, I think, I think it's a, a very common misconception is that trading guys is like arranging an NHL EA sports trade where you can just yeah. be like, okay, well then how about like another pick? And then it's like, nope, denied. And then like the, well, one more pick. The Blackhawks will not accept your offer. Okay, just give them another, like, um, give them, like, three fourth-round picks. The Blackhawks will not accept your – okay, give them, like, um, like uh, future considerations, just, like, tons and tons and tons of future prospect picks. Then it's like, bing, the Blackhawks have accepted your offer. Like, that's not how it works. A lot of times it's just like, you know what, like, um, I just don't feel like doing this today, so 
Or like, like no. you don't fucking have anything I want. Yeah, I don't really want. Or, or all the stuff that I want from you, you don't want to give up, which I'm sure happens all the time as well. Like I'm sure all the calls are just like, yeah, Kenny, I'll deal with you. Give me Broberg. Give me Sam Rukoff. Give me fucking, yeah. you know, Dylan Holloway. And he's like, no, no, and no. And they're like, okay, see ya. I mean, that's why yeah. he's had to trade away things like picks. And that's and he's traded a then, lot of them away. To be honest, like we're low on picks for sure. We're not as we low as some need... teams. Like if you look at Toronto, they got fucking nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, but we don't need. I mean, we've had the Oilers have to accept the picks they've had for stinking for almost like twenty five years, and it's like that's <laughs> you have to do something with those picks, and then you'll get more picks. You know what I mean? We can't mm. worry about our picks. Like no, I'm tired worry of about hearing about it's our true. picks. Yeah. Yeah, like we true. have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and we're still. Oh, but like, only for a few more years before they turn turn tail. I mean, and no, honestly, we have them. That's now we have them. This we have them under contract like, for like Dreisaitl's up in four years, so I think yes. that's kind of our window right now. So we have to like let's just concentrate on winning now, and like never mind the picks and stuff. Like, give me a break, like a third rounder. Like, who? That's like nothing. It's like a that's your that's your. A uh, bag of pucks is what that is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's kind of silly. Uh, and then, I do, okay. So also, okay, keep going. Maybe I was going to. Well, I was going to transition to the next player to discuss, given on the topic of winning now, right? But I actually, I'm worried. I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a frustration, uh, a lot of probably self-flagellation and self-immolation on Twitter over this because I don't think Hyman's going to get introduced. I don't think he's going to get. Uh, announced tomorrow i think what's going to happen is kenny's going to say look like toronto wants too good of a draft pick for this for the for the pleasure of signing him to this eighth year we probably don't even really want that much anyways so they're probably just going to sign him on free agent day now on the 28th so get ready for a massive dry hump for the next five to six days on this topic my friend it is going to be one massive dry hump on hyman but he's going to be an oiler probably so yeah, isn't um, it already like hasn't it been announced like he's isn't it happened i thought i thought uh no, Friedman said not officially. Was... I mean, no, no, no. I mean, everyone's saying it's going to happen, but it's we're waiting for it to be announced. Announced. No, I we still was. don't know the final number. We still don't know the final term. I mean, basically, what, what it sounds like is that they've agreed in principle to both seven and eight year deals. Well, so five. if yeah, so if 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 Toronto, if we send Toronto some kind of draft pick, we can get that eighth year, get it done now, or it'll be on free agent day, yeah, and it'll be seven years. But like. You well, know, all you got to do yeah. to like know about that is like hear Toronto fans like and how much they're fucking choked that he's going. I know it really sounds like Zach Hyman doesn't suck and he always tries. You know what I mean? He's like what we tried to do with Dominic Cahoon is what he will actually be. He's like, well, I'm already that guy, so don't yeah. worry about it. I'm that guy already. So why don't you just use me? for that position and assuming we do have hyman now we're looking at a top six of mcdavid hyman pull yarvi dry saddle nuge and yamamoto probably on the like second how round. much yeah like Not what bad. more do you want out of a top six you know what i mean yeah who the and, fuck knows what's gonna happen in the bottom six though because like we gotta <laughs> be probably no care uh um yeah but you it'll know basically what? be maybe, like mcleod cassian archibald on the third line something like that maybe holloway makes his team yeah you know what I mean? Like, there's still lots and lots of things. Like, I personally think he does make the team, as a matter of fact, at least for the first bit of the season. And keep in mind, we're probably also definitely signing some other free agents uh, at some point as well to, to yeah. clear out the to fill out the roster. I mean, Ken Holland still has cap space. Uh, it's really funny. Like anyone that connects the like Keith trade to like not having enough cap space to like sign Larson. It's like no, he had the money set aside for Larson the whole time, dude. Like, yeah, Larson never wanted a money issue. 
to leave. It's like when a person wants to leave, you can't make them stay with money, I don't think. Like, I think that's very naive to just think you can keep. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I want to leave. Like, wanting I mean, to unless leave. Unless it's maybe like a mail order bride type situation. Wanting to leave supersedes money in almost every instance. You know what I mean? If you sincerely mm, want to true. leave, that's there's true. not, you can't really just keep. Oh, unless you work for like the oil people. industry and you make like 150K a year, like the golden yeah, handcuff but style. Yeah, you've already, I mean, the the ship has already left the dock if you work for the oil industry, right? You, like you have no scruples. You, you, you're, uh, or you just really like oil. I mean, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But you know and what like, I'm saying? Like this when it comes just, to most like solutions, what is oil? Is it a liquid or a solution or a, a, it's a viscous liquid, right? I think it would be the scientific term. Uh, Oilers podcast. You think we would know this stuff by now? We should just do like a full like 10 episode series this summer on like auto maintenance and like the oil and gas idea. industry, just like very unlike beef and just like hit all the like core Alberta topics. You can do those ones. All right. Uh, we were saying, um, yeah, I just think like this, this guy's just very good at hockey. You know what I mean? And hockey happens to pay a lot, but I don't think he's necessarily in hockey because he makes a lot of money. You know what I mean? Mm. These guys just happen yeah. to make. And so he was never like this idea that like, Holland failed by not signing Larson. I don't know. It doesn't hold any water with me. I Did think you hear that uh, Hyman weird. asked to use the gym when he was touring the locker room? He wanted to get a quick workout in. It's awesome. It's kind of funny, isn't it? I mean, like, it goes to show, like, he's like a boisterous personality, if nothing else, you know? And we need, this team needs boister. It needs joie de vivre. We've talked about it a lot. People talk about, you know, the different elements moving the roster. We need more joie de vivre because everyone's fucking so scared of their own shadow and just, like preparing already for Connor and dry to be gone and all of our dreams to be dead. And it's also, I want to ask you about this high priest, actually on a spiritual level and you're a spiritual animal here. Do you feel as though, I mean, you know what the gambler's fallacy is, right? Gambler's fallacy is. Yeah. It's the penis thing. It's when you can't get it up unless you've got casino chips in your palms. I know Um, all about it. But uh, gambler's fallacy is, you know, you roll dice a bunch of times. Say you roll like, I don't know, doubles. You roll roll a 12 three times on a pair of dice. Or, or what would be a better example, actually? Lucky seven? It's like you're playing poker and you haven't caught a face card in a long time. You've been dealt like 10 straight hands, no face cards. You think to yourself, well, I haven't gotten a face card in 10 hands. I have to be getting one soon. Right. These odds have to even out. Right, right, right. Because you think that's how the universe works. Right. But in reality, the, the reality of a shuffled deck is that's not at all how shit works. And you thinking that there's more of a chance of you, there's, there's the same chance of you getting it the entire time, no matter what. Right. Even if you have, even if you've had an unlucky streak. And I feel like Oilers fans have had this unlucky streak of kind of being shit on for a long time. Although, you know, to be fair, we have made the playoffs the last two years. But before that, they've 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 built up all the resentments and, and like kind of being on the the weak side of the league where they felt like they couldn't couldn't attract the free agents couldn't pay them no one wanted to play here it's almost as though they feel as though the universe owes them some of the opposite you know they're like well you know we gave away players for nothing so now people have to give us players for nothing or like well we never got any good free agents so like we got to get the free agents now yeah I don't it, know, not Maybe. how it works man that's not how the universe the universe doesn't owe you shit just because you've been through a whole bunch of shit and you know what? The Oilers it doesn't won, even like, out just because it's been bad for a long time. 
the Oilers had one of the, well, they had the greatest team of all time in the 1980s. Like they won five Stanley Cups. So this idea that like um, we have, and trust me, I gross with the best of them, but when there's a time to feel genuine optimism, man, I'm going to, I'll acknowledge that. And I think that um, there's this attitude right now of, um, I don't know, like just like dark clouds, like the Oilers have every, we have every right to doubt every single move that's being made because and of, like added up according to our own random, like amalgamation of judgments and like, just like yeah. throwing stuff together that's like not even connected and then i mean of course like, like imagine, it, it like, may or may not come a... from the same place of wanting the team to win but at a certain point you have to be like guys like we're being a little irrational here it's it's like yeah the, the keith trade is a huge risk total gamble no, the hyman not. signing is a huge overpay but he's trying also, to win fucking now and that's the mode he's in and we haven't been in that mode <laughs> really like in a long fucking time I and mean, we probably should have been in it for a few years already well, I shouldn't you kind of always been be in that mode? Like maybe we should stop and think that maybe like the Oilers constant rebuild was like, we were so focused on the rebuild. What if like a couple of those years we were just like, you know what, uh, let's just like uh, not do the rebuild and we'll try to win this year instead of just uh, a rebuild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. I think like the rebuild, that whole process, like there was a lot of that, I mean, like, to, to call it a process like is being kind of diplomatic, though, because it was it was like three or four failed rebuilds, followed know, by drafting you know Connor McDavid, like? and then and then things turned to yeah. turn. But it's and like Andre Settle and Nurse. You have like uh, two systems, right? It's like when you have a PC and a Mac system, mm-hmm. and like everything kind of works with a Mac, uh, or everything works with a PC, and that's like a win now mode, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And then the rebuild mode is uh, the Mac when you're trying to get things to work and then you try to get things to work at the same time. It's like, well, I'll just have a system that will work off both like the Mac camp. and the PC. Yeah. And it's impossible. Like just pick one uh, and do that thing. And obviously of the two, one you should pick, it should be like win now, like the Oilers. I don't know. I don't really understand the fan base. I honestly think there is a, a genuine reason for optimism right now. And the I team agree. today is heads and tails better than it was at the end of the series against the Jets? Like we're in a better place. Do you honestly think that this team as it stands today with the addition of Duncan Keith and Zach Hyman gets swept in the first round or doesn't make the playoffs at all? Like, I don't, I mean, they both seem like playoff type players, right? You well, know, and we have like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, to be fair, we still got we still got to fill out the defense. We still got you know who who. I mean, are you fine no, with Miko as a backup this year? If he never plays, if he's an actual backup, then yeah, like he was yeah. when Mike Smith was twenty-one and six. Yeah, sure. Okay. Great. Yeah, I hear. Like that. Miko's I agree. like number two. So it's really, like then the the only questions remaining are: Do we have the players? Like, and do you we, really think our do, defense is that bad? I, mean, I still don't really think. I think Duncan. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Some commentators are more bullish on it than others. Uh, you know, because we're looking at you know uh, Bouchard, Bear, and uh, Barry. Assuming we re-sign Bear, we haven't even re-signed Barry yet. Oh yeah, he's no. going to sign. That's going to happen. You think so? I'm, co- I'm confident that that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't see. So I mean, well, I'm, I'm optimistic in that it's still early in the off season. You know, we haven't even seen the draft yet. We, we're, you know, ages away from training camp. 
I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna judge the team um, when training camp starts to roll around and we see what the roster is actually going to be looking like. But no kidding, Kenny's not going to be sitting on his hands. He's going to be using he already the money he has smartly. He's going to be saving money for nurses extension next year too. And he's you know he's I'm, I'm sure we, we could see Glenn Denning on this roster. Not that I'm super excited about that, but it would give us a good faceoff guy who can maybe play on the PK in the fourth line, which yeah, is all we I ever needed so. Kyra to really do. You know. Well, he kind of did it last year before he got knocked about. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. up. He was great on the PK. I don't maybe know. he I still gets think... resigned. Like and those just guys like, that we didn't qualify, we might actually resign for less money after on, on free and agent. And ringing, ringing your hands like over something like looking for this guy in your fourth line, like and that's yeah, of course, that's, that's what you're gonna like hang your hat on. Just no, I mean the oh, re- I really mean the I bottom six as a whole. Like, I really mean this... the bottom six as a whole because like a good third line center would be mana from heaven for this lineup right now, you know, but those guys are kind of hard to find too. They're, they're, they're kind of getting harder and harder to come by. What's our third line right now? McLeod, Archibald and uh, Cassian. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see that line play in front of people. I mean, I know, I know, but Cassian play in front of fans. Like good teams are putting a third line center out there. Who's good for, you know, like 30, maybe 40 points, you know, like we haven't had that guy. I don't know memory. about that. I don't know about that. At least 25. I would say, give me something. Yeah, I'd say 25 well, points, but I'd say there's very few third line centers in the NHL who racked up 40 points last year. I bet you you couldn't find five out of all the teams. You think so? Yeah. We need someone. We need someone to do the statistical analyses. Yep. I'd are you Are you aware of uh, the uh, the discipline of statistics, my friend? Yeah, I'm aware of the discipline of statistics. Yeah. Did, did they go over that during your time uh, studying with the numerologists? I mean, I know we don't like to talk about that time. Do you believe in numbers? Yeah, I believe in numbers. Do you believe numbers died for our sins? No, that's, that's where I draw the line. Okay, well, heretic, heretic. Shame, shame. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... I, it must I, will, be, I, I will be getting a, a statistician to co-host the show with me immediately starting next episode. The frustration in Ken Holland's voice when he was like, what, do you expect me to get him for free? Like, I love that I, moment. I, it was, that was just... 100% empathize with him at that point where it's just like, like, what do you... Like, what? <laughs> I had no idea you loved Caleb Jones so much, Edmonton. Sorry. You know what I mean? Sorry, I read the room wrong. I, I didn't see all you, you Caleb Jones boosters. It kind of you know feels I mean? as though, like in those scrums, it kind of feels like there's one guy who's trying to run a hockey team and a bunch of other people who are like, you know, and many of them are fantastic. You know, there's fantastic people in that scrum. Many of them yeah, guests of this very show who we know and love doing oh, great yeah. work. But also totally. at the same time, there there's an awareness, I think, in that group that, you know, they're there to cover the team. You know, they're journalists. They have jobs, you know. They're yeah. going to cover the team, but they also are aware that they exist in a very uh, unique position of ha- being having to be aware of and in some ways knowing how to manage the precarious mental fucking flights of fancy that this See, huge swath of humanity are, are having. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so it's, like, it's, like, it's like there's one guy trying to manage a hockey team and there's like 14 guys trying to manage a whole bunch of fucking crazy people in this market who are all completely batshit insane. I think outrage, you're, you're just able to get more out of more, more miles out of outrage than you are out of like, huh, you know, 
Like, uh, maybe we'll just, just wait till see what happens when they hit the ice, which is like, that's the same reaction to what's going on here. Instead of just being like, yeah, the team can do no right. Like, I don't know what. There's definitely a team. The team can do no right type vibe in the air. It's bizarre. And it's that, almost. That do you extends, think Russia is involved? Do you think they're they're sowing to, discontent in the older, I think that in the fan base? Like when Nichols said, "There's something in the water." Like you know what I mean? Maybe maybe that attitude where it's just like, "Oh, here we go again over everything." Like that's not a positive atmosphere. You know what I, I notice, mean? I noticed you didn't respond to my accusation that the Russians might be involved. Is that because you yourself? Have Russian ties, High Priest of Holy's Magic. I've seen you. I've seen you carousing with the Orthodox types. If I recall correctly, I once saw a copy of War and Peace on your bookshelf. So, do you deny this? No, I have that book. Okay, we're going to talk about this later. Internal affairs. No, yeah, it's like people just like that. They they have no faith. Every single move is wrong, basically. But I mean, that's only. 75% 75% of all the people on Twitter. There's still like a solid 15% that are like, yeah, you know, we'll see what the team is like when they hit the ice. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm sure the players like, I mean, I guess I'm sure that the players don't uh, well, do you really think they notice that? But maybe uh, Duncan well, A lot of these guys are like, young guys, man. A lot of like, and also people sucks. that are people that are in their 30s. I mean, we're living in an age where everyone has social media on their phone. So there's definitely some of the guys in the NHL that get exposed to some of this shit. It's no question. I'm sure for oil, for, for Edmonton Oilers, almost 98% of the time, as soon as they go on Twitter for like one day, they're like, okay, I'm going to uninstall the app for my phone. I'm never going on there again. Yeah. It's a distraction. And it is. And it was one of the things Elliot Friedman pointed out is one of the reasons people don't want to play in Canada, you know, yeah, the weather, the money's worse. And if you're in the wrong market, you're going to get just shit on. Yeah. I was talking to, the boy and I the other night were going through teams that we'd want to play on. And I had Columbus over Toronto and I spent like, it was like a 30 minute conversation. Like we had to go for a walk around the block and I had to explain to him, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it was like that there was like a facts of life type type conversation actually. Yeah. No kid, like, like if you think about playing in Toronto though, kid, you know, I just, I would rather just have, when did you rather just have fun? There was like long shots of us from behind, like walking on the sidewalk and me like gesturing and then putting my arm around his shoulder and like laying it out to him. I think uh, if I was an NHL player, my only choices were Columbus and Toronto to play in. I'd be, I'd be booking a one-way ticket to Czechia right away. Really? When did you just go to Columbus and like any fucking Europe? Out? Just and then uh, rather than live in some European city and just like hang out and chill for like the rest of my life, career. That sounds I'd rather awesome. play. Yeah, but you could play for the NHL. Bears. You'd be in the NHL and you'd be hanging like at the highest level. You'd be hanging out with like yeah, but I'd also be coached by like John Tortorella. Yeah, but like who cares? You'd be like above John Tortorella. Like, what's he gonna do? Like trade you somewhere else? Like, fine, I don't care. Do whatever you want, John Tortorella. Any any plan that involves me being John Tortorella adjacent in any way, even if he's no longer the coach and there's just ah. that smell lingering in the locker room, that's no good for me. I, I'm I completely averse to the presence of John Tortorella in my in my mind's eye in any way, shape, or form. Like I'm saying, more than comfortable I'm to saying. pillory him uh, as a as a commentator. And talk about him on the podcast. But as soon as John Tortorella enters my real life in any meaningful yeah. way, that's when I'm going to get the fuck out. You couldn't pay okay. me anything. I wanna, I I'm going to get out. 
let me I'll extract Tortorella from that situation to say, imagine he's not coaching Columbus. It's some other schmuck and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would pick Columbus every single time over Toronto. And that's like you were saying, it's like guys don't, that's one of the reasons guys don't want to play here because it's not worth their fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, why would you put yourself in that situation willingly when you could just go to Columbus and like drink beers in the locker room and hang out and still get paid millions of bucks and go fishing. And be like admired. Be just like, you know, just boringly admired by the Yeah, fans. boringly admired. Totally. Yeah, because it's only like a small subset of the people that are even paying attention and they're probably pretty yeah. fucking enthusiastic when, you know, they're not all there in the fucking stands being like, fire the GM. Yeah, like oh. fire the GM. Start a petition. <laughs> Honestly. It's right? ridiculous. It really is. It, I'm really finding it. And maybe it's just because usually... And I've had to check myself a few times because usually, you know, I've, I've been enamored of this team for like almost 40 years. And I'm not the type of guy who will just blindly be optimistic. You know what I mean? For no reason. Like yeah. without reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, but this, like, I actually feel like, I think it's freaking awesome. We got Duncan Keith. And if we get Zach Hyman and I expected Larson to walk, and we got Mike Smith for two more years. We had no other options. Like, I don't understand. Like, we you know, lost, we got Nuge locked up, which is nice. You know, too. We got Nuge locked up. Like, so we yeah. lost Caleb Joe. Basically, I we mean, lost there's Caleb more work Joe to do. To... We still need three, four players, but that's what we got the money for. And he's going to do I it. I mean, you know? we'll see. We'll see. I think right now we have a much, and we're not even at camp yet. I think there's going to be some big surprises at training camp this year. Mark my words. I, I mean, feeling, there's huge opportunity feeling, on the back end for, for a couple of kids oh to break gosh. the doors up if they really can. I have a feeling that this training camp is going to be like one of the most, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for, Professor? Fruitful? Uh, electrifying? Fruitful and electrifying training camps. Uh, in well, I mean, look, at, look, look at the training camp where like there was basically a training camp where Ethan Bear emerged as an NHL defenseman, you know, and that happened because another player got injured and a huge opportunity opened up and the energy and the enthusiasm and the exuberance of all these young players pushing to win that spot is almost what kind of I feel like it almost helped propel him because like as soon as he got that spot in training camp, he, he locked it down and he had it the rest of the year. Man, and can you imagine like there aren't many training camps where if I uh, somebody was like, do you want to go to training camp? I don't know how it works, but let's imagine somebody, it's a ticket scenario. Somebody was like, do you want to go to training camp? Most years I'd be like, I don't know. Like, is it really early in the morning? Because if it is, then I don't. But this year I'd be like, well, Broberg's going to be there. Sam is going to be there. Holloway's going to be there. There's so many guys that I could watch. And like, who knows what's going to happen with those guys? Like, these are great guys who are expected to be good NHL players and they're all going to be there at this, you know, it's training camp. All these guys are going to be there and it's going to be great. I think a few of those guys could make the team. Like the Oilers could have actual like rookies on the team at the beginning of the season this year, who um, the expectation won't necessarily be for them just to play the first 15 games and like get their feet wet and then go back down. You know what I mean? Like the expectation, if they get to that point, will be like, I think maybe this this guy's made the team, you know? It's kind of how totally. I feel about it. I, I, well, I'm it's very leaning, exciting. I'm leaning on, on this much past half of that scenario. 
where usually I'm like, if somebody makes the team, it's like great for them, but I kind of expect them to flame out. But if Holloway were to make the team and get a tryout, I'd be like, well, there's no, he's already, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sky's the limit. We, these guys are sky's the limit guys. And for those guys, once they get their foot in the door, like you don't necessarily have to immediately think like, well, it's just a, we'll send them back down. Like there's a chance, you know what I mean? And we have like, we already have all these great guys and we have Duncan Keith who like really doesn't suck despite like he's playing on like the garbage Blackhawks who are like mired in a sexual abuse scandal He's playing with like a bunch of schmucks. Stuff coming out on that today like was crazy. Like he wanted out of there. Can you imagine like how you're oh, 39 fuck. years old and you're dealing with that junk and just like that whole atmosphere of like secrets and like lying and defensive rookies. Just be like, I don't, I don't really, I don't, when I come here, I don't really feel like playing. I feel like, like uh, crawling up and getting into the ball. Duncan Keith probably spent a lot of the past two seasons on the, in the ball. Yeah, the classic you know ball. Saying? If, if, if now, any listeners don't remember what the ball is, it's when you roll into the fetal position on the ground, listen to Philip Glass on very low volume. Okay, please continue. And now, like, is there is there no scenario where you can picture a better second act? Second acts, I got news for you, they occur. It's a thing. A second act is a sports cliche for a reason, right? Is there no more perfect scenario for a proven winner like Duncan Keith, who's getting out of the mess that was the Chicago Blackhawks, than right here on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, and it's not even it's not even there like something it. with like pills or booze this time. It's like a different kind of quagmire he was emerging from. Like it's easy, oh. it's probably even easier to turn the page when you don't have some kind of chemical dependency or psychological trauma. You know, it's the same reason to me. The same reason, not entirely the same, but it's very similar to Larson getting out of Edmonton. To me, is very similar to Duncan Keith saying at this point in his career after being on that team after saying something like, you know what, what I'd really like is to play somewhere close to my family. You know, it's like, that's like, uh, I really like to get out of this incredibly crappy situation here in Chicago. I'm pretty much done with it. And I want to be near people who love me. Yeah. Like it's his decision. I'm leaving. Uh, I, this is the reason I've been so crappy is because this place is a mess and like, I need to get out of here. Like, you don't think he's going to have like a, killer season man that's crazy like you're just not you're looking at nothing but numbers and defining a human being on numbers numbers the thing about numbers is you can't extrapolate them outside of the boards right like there's more to what makes a team work than and to a player and to a person than what happens on the ice there just is so anyway I think we're in a far better spot. Like, I think we're in a really, and I think Hyman, if we get him, he's exactly the type of player we need. We need a guy like that who's like, you know, the other team's like, oh, I'm really sorry to see that guy go. He brought it every single night. Totally. We don't have a lot of guys. I mean, I can think of guys that we got um, that I felt that about. I can think of two right off the top of my head, and they didn't let me down. Bill Guerin, yeah. Michael, pa- Michael, Michael Pecka is the other sure. Where yeah. we got, and it was just like, well, that guy, there was very few games where I was like, those guys are mailing it in. I mean, you know Smith, I mean? Ryan Smith was in there too. Yeah, but Ryan Smith was here. We had him from the beginning. Like, he was like, we right, kind of right. made yeah. him. He yeah. was a, an Oilers an creation. Yeah. A creation. Yeah. Yeah. But guys that we picked up, there hasn't been a lot of guys where I felt that 
you know what I mean? They're not going to just be like dinks or like, I don't, I like see the guy and I'm like, this guy like clearly sucks. Like, I don't know what the plan is here, but uh, I don't know. But like Zach Hyman, like the other team is like crap. Like that was the one guy we had who really tried. And now yeah. like we don't have, and every line when you read about that guy was like every, anybody he played with, he would drive that offense. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you remember? No, like, so you, just, you just have to watch, yeah. watch him play. And you can yeah, see have he's you a seen gritty as fuck player. He's a gritty as fuck player. He's like, he's like, just like a hound on the puck. Big, totally. tough, nice well, hands. Reed was talking. No, he's not going to put up a hundred points, but he's a good player. No, Reed was talking about it tonight. And he said, Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports, 630 guest of the show. One of the all-time great guests yeah. was saying how in years past, it was up to McDavid to retrieve the puck, break it out of the zone, and put it in the back of the net. And uh, Zach Hyman can do two of those things very well. Like, that's the name of his game. He's one of those guys that does that. We don't have a lot of guys that do that. Like, the Nuge is too small to do that. Yamo's too small. Yamo's good at um, the forecheck. Dry is not isn't good at getting the puck in his own zone. He doesn't really do that. Like he shouldn't be expected to. He's Leon Dreisaitl. He's above, he's above playing defense. It's totally fine. Very good defensive player to be fair though. He's like all I mean, right, he's up I and mean, down. That's not he's up and down. There's, he has some bad games, but generally I think he's a pretty strong defensive player. Yeah. But I mean like the name of his game isn't like when you go to a Leon Dreisaitl, when you watch Leon Dreisaitl, you're not amazed at how he's yeah. winning battles. In the no, it's like when you have the biggest ends. artillery gun in Western Europe, you, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to enjoy it when it's on parade. Anyway, you see now the thing we, fucking fire some shells. Yes. And now we have Zach Hyman is that guy who can play with either of those guys. Throw yeah, maybe we see Hyman Dreisaitl and then Nuge plays with McDavid, with McDavid again. Uh, I mean, I know you didn't knows? like it that much, but. I kind of came around at the end. I, I think I kind of came around to it. They had to be honest, just there. having the option for like another top yeah, six, like bona fide exactly. top six winger in that top six, which has been fucking screaming for it yeah. forever, forever. I know. And now we have it. And I think um, to, I mean, when it comes to Nuge, like um, I think that what you said about him wanting to, I mean, the contract thing, that whole season, can you imagine the contract having to think about that, like from the beginning of last year, the entire season up until the day he signed, that was like something that I'm sure every day, at least once somebody was like, Hey, Nuge, like uh, what's going on with the contract, Nuge? And he was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, why don't, I'm not thinking about that right now. Like I'll let you know when it happens, but, but having to like (laughs) deflect that shit like every single day, it's a pain in the butt. You know what I mean? Honestly, I'm starting to, I'm starting to be convinced that they need to, like take out like the bottom quarter of the people from the scrum. They're the troublemakers. They're they're the, we, we gotta, they gotta create like some kind of like media Olympics just... where they have to do like some sort of like course, some sort of obstacle course, or like they lay some up and play a game of hockey and to the victor go the spoils, you know? Well, they're like, just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to that. I mean, it's not just the media to be, to be fair. It's no, it's the whole it's, hockey uh, market is fan, just like, it's, it's like, a, it's like well. an untamable you know beast of resentment. It's, it's almost like the entire, like the Canadian hockey culture. Like when you're a hockey parent, you have to take this um, online course. That's like, uh, do you promise 
when you go to a game, like not to throw your coffee cup at the referee. It's like, yes, I promise to do that. And it's like, do you promise to be encouraging to the guys? It's like, yes, to the people on the team, the kids on the team. Yes, of course. Do you promise to like, um, not like yell things like fire the GM, like at the, <laughs> at the kids when they play? It's like, yes, of course, I promise to do that. But like, maybe there needs to be, I wonder if that will ever translate into the way because what was the separation there that they're grown men being paid is that like the difference which the separation being like why don't what why are we not involved in a binding social contract once we're talking about nhl versus like uh why 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 are we so like just down on these guys like why do we make pro sports um, if they're not doing exactly Man, what... I, because I haven't been dealt a face card in 10 hands and I need a fucking face yeah, card. The universe not... owes me a face card. Don't you understand? Also, like, you Don't have... you understand my resentment is the source of all truth? Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's just like there's very few things in this world that you can just love unconditionally and just not have to worry about, really. Mm. And like I think like yeah, like a pet is basically the only thing. Pets like love pets is the only thing that love your you sports team, yeah. More than you love yourself or your sports team if you so choose. You can also just be miserable about it and you know, that's your deal. But I don't see I don't understand like really why why you would do that. Especially when there's a reason to be optimistic. It's not like like when I hear Oilers fans and myself and the media kind of excusing the uh, down in the dumps attitude. Like, look at, like, can you imagine being a fan of the Vancouver Canucks or the Buffalo Sabres or the Philadelphia Flyers or the yeah. Winnipeg Jets or Minnesota or the New York Islanders or like anything like that? Like, what do you, you know, I don't get it. Yeah, that's it's another like, thing too. Cause I think actually like, not, Oilers fandom not. has some like mystique about it. Like, any, any of the fans from those markets, if you were like, oh, I'm an Oilers fan, they would be like, oh, that's super cool. They would respect it. I mean, until they got to know you and heard, heard some of your opinions. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same way, like, I respect Habs fans. And I have a beleaguered respect for Maple Leafs fans from uh, Ontario. I, Maple Leafs fans, I think in Toronto, they suffer from something very similar to what we have going oh, on. Oh, very here. similar. Yeah, it's, it's Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens are next level. They're next level. That's like they're on a higher plane. The Montreal, yeah. anything, hockey in Montreal is, and the fans of that team. Like, if somebody is a Montreal Canadiens fan, um, I almost I almost defer to them in any sort of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah, which like is if silly. there's like a bar fight about to break out, you're like, okay, what, what should we do here, boss? Well, let's say there's like a conversation taking place about like all, all timers or something like that. Oh, totally. If there's like a Montreal Canadiens fan who really is like making a strong case for even somebody that I don't necessarily think. Like if they were like Henri Richard, like top two all time i'd be like well let's let, let me listen to what this guy has to say <laughs> you know what i mean I'm like I know before, exactly what you mean. <laughs> before you come at me with like your marital and new arguments i would like to hear what the Henri richard fan has to say about <laughs> his love for Henri richard exactly yeah. i totally know what you mean it makes perfect sense though and that's you know earned. why that's earned their next you know level what? their next level because their resentments are a little more earned i think yeah, and you know what you know why they're next level another reason they're next level is because i mean uh, decades and decades of, of top-notch hockey. But that is a fan base that comes, I mean, pretty close to just like a blind faith in their team. Just like, 
like it's almost beyond love. It's like a birthright. You know what I mean? Like it's not the sort of thing that you ever really even question. And if you mm. question it, you question it like as one. Like it's like a, mm. it's not, it's not the sort of thing where like half the fan base. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm just kind of rambling here. No, I know what you know, no, no, exactly what you mean because if Habs fans are are on this level where it's like they've transcended other types of hockey fans. Yes, and they don't. Totally. They really aren't as negative. I mean, they're sad when shit goes wrong, and they'll be negative. They'll be they'll be negative. It is a Canadian. It just hockey has a different. All, it just has a. But different they don't. Flavor. They don't kind of question the team on like the metaphysical level where like Edmonton Oilers fans are just like, I'd literally rather they drop a nuclear bomb on Edmonton right now. (laughs) (laughs) They have to put up with this. Yeah. There's a lot. That would be better. Yeah. There's a lot of that. That's an Oilers fan thing. eh? Totally. That's crazy. I I was literally. We we, we got nothing. We got negative value. Keith is negative value. It's like, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he's overpaid. And yeah, I guess like if if you want to put like your whole experience of the sport through a grim sluice of like hockey per dollar, quote unquote, but like I'm here to watch hockey players play. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, he makes our team a little bit better. There's still a lot more work to do, though, man. Like it's a little scary right now. I don't know. I'm see, I'm not scared. I'm honestly really not scared. A lot of things that I wanted to happen like have happened. We signed Mike Smith for like two more years. We signed the Nuge for a great contract. We got Duncan Keith for Caleb Jones, who was like, when I to go when along I with Darnell like, Nurse, who I think is like when I really arrived. Like, when I used to hear that Caleb Jones was in the lineup, I would always be kind of like, like, like he's not going to do anything. Like, I don't know what you're waiting yeah, for. Yeah, it was like, at least with Nygaard, you could still hold out a fantasy that he would like oh. score a sweet goal or something, but he never did. Yeah. Yeah, he was just a much more dynamic player to me than Kale. Like I noticed, I noticed him out there. I suppose, although maybe I mean they say that a good defenseman you're never supposed to notice him, but I really didn't notice him just that one time when McDavid was. I mean, he's got a, he's got a good to like, get off the ice. Gotta... Get off the ice right now! <laughs> that stuff, right, <laughs> he's got a good set of skills. I mean, I think he could be a bottom yeah. bottom pairing guy on a team. Eventually. Well, sure. I mean, if that's if is that a thing? Like, is that a thing scouts say? Like Matt Benning, you know, this guy, this guy maybe Caleb Jones. This guy, Caleb Jones, could be a great bottom pairing guy. This guy, Caleb Jones, could be a great uh, press box guy. Somebody's got the flu. You get him into the lineup. He's a great guy for that. Like, that's not the sort of thing. I think that is actually what they say. I mean, they do need those guys. He'd be a great guy. Like, this guy just had some bad uh, all-dressed chips. We're in a situation here. We need to get a guy on the ice real quick, Caleb Jones. (laughs) Great guy to have. No, what's really going on is they're like, yeah, all he cares about is he wants to play with his brother. Hey, him and his brother are just close as thieves. That's all he cares about. He wants to go play with his brother. So we're going to get him and then trade for his brother. We'll keep them both. And then our video coach will sexually harass them. I mean, like, Chicago is apparently going hard after Seth. So could be a thing. Um, yes. But, like, it's a, it's a little crazy to me. probably become, like, they'll have, like, an entire team where everybody's from the same family. Just because it's easy easier for them to like run an operation, because well, like they don't that. have to remember the last names when they're filming foreign forms out. They're just like, yeah, Caleb, he's Jones, and then Seth, he's also Jones. I can see the Casey Blackhawks Jones. very quickly turning into a Manson family type situation, where yeah, it's I like you, that. you go to the United Center and it's like there's abandoned school buses everywhere and like barefoot like thirteen year olds like smoking jays, like yeah. stumbling around in the building. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. That's definitely really, going to happen. Really skinny dogs carrying like yeah. plastic baby dolls in their mouths. Do you hear that Suter and Parise might both sign with the Islanders? 
they're going to sign with the same place again. Huh. Interesting. Eh? Yeah. Well, those they're are like both... a package deal. Parise they just live like, like best friends forever. Parise is like one of those guys that's like a, uh, like hasn't, Parise was on the wild, right? Yeah. Where was he? Yeah. No, they're both on the wild for like the last like fucking million years. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like it's when things like that happen, then you're like, oh, like these guys aren't just like chattel. Like they're probably like me and my buddy here, like I'm going where he's going. And the GMs yeah. are just like, uh, okay, that <laughs> makes it like kind of weird and stupid for us. Like, are you sure? Like, that's what you're really. I love this guy, man. Like, wherever he goes, I want to. I mean, it happens in basketball all the time. My best bro, right here. And I'm like, yeah. how can you say that's just like the way it is? And the hockey world will have to like deal with that. And G, like, that's what I mean. Like, there's more to a player and their situation than their freaking stats. So much more. Yeah, I, I mean, appreci- I, I appreciate stats and all that. I, yeah, I was just going to say, so like, of course, like, more. statistical analysis, very helpful models, numbers, models. This can all show, it can show you a lot. But in, in online these days, people are just like treating it as though, like, it's everything. And like, they, a lot of them probably don't even fucking understand the underlying, like, formulas well, no. and fucking I mean, and fucking equations involved the thing is like numbers are super fun right that's why baseball is so much fun to follow is because sure. you can crunch numbers endlessly and it's very satisfying and it's uh kind of like a small thrill when you notice a pattern a large thrill when you notice a pattern that before you hadn't really noticed before and then you totally. think like you know what i mean it's like yeah. but i don't think um that only takes you so far yeah. Oh, definitely. So it, well, Dominic Cahoon had some good fucking fancy stats coming in. Yeah, people really said, and fucking again, I'll, I'll keep on going back to it. Like Dallas Seekins got our Corsi to go up. Didn't mean we yeah, really were that exactly. much of a better team. You know, uh, we weren't. We were like a total mess. At least we had Greek yogurt and fruit in the fucking press room, though, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that was wild. That was wild. He's just like I'm. Not only am I going to come in and, and change the culture of this team, I'm going to change the culture of the food we eat at the press conferences, guys. Well, that's what I, to me, that was very much like, that was like, um, that's like peak um, stats guy translating their stats game into like real world things. But like, like, how if you look I... at the grams, like the number of grams of protein per hundred grams of Greek yogurt though, dude, like the numbers are just there. Like it's just basic math. Yeah, Exactly exactly some guy came in came in with like his greek yogurt stats check out like uh check out these numbers for greek yogurt you seeing this you see what i'm seeing here with this, oh, greek man, this yogurt? We, should, we should be interested in this we should really be on top of this guys <laughs> and it's like you know what nutritional science really lends itself to that kind of and thing and then some other like old schoolers like <laughs> greek, more yogurt sucks. <laughs> greek yogurt sucks give me that fruit on the bottom now that's a yogurt and it's like get this this guy eh what a joker he thinks just because it's got fruit on the bottom, it's a good-looking yogurt. He thinks it can uh, provide these guys the proats they need. Get them out of here. The proats. Get out of here. Get out of here, Grandpa. It was also like the pinnacle of like uh, hubris for like a young rookie NHL coach coming into a market he clearly had no understanding of and was not. It was completely ill prepared for the fucking hurricane of piss that it is way. Like, there's no way he was prepared. No way at all. Yeah, no. At the same time, I feel as though 
Tippett and Holland are actually like measured and strong-willed enough and back. Yeah. They have enough backbone to weather the storm of like the spiel kiss being thrown at them on a regular basis. Well, even just like the physical build of somebody like Dave Tippett compared, like if you look at the physical build, I don't think it's something we've really talked about, surprisingly. The physical build of our coaches, Dallas Eakins was physically built. He had the worst possible build for the piss hurricane. You know what I mean? Like the piss hurricane was just going to like sweep him off his feet and like throw him into a wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, who do we have after him? Ralph Kruger was mm-hmm. sort of like um, he was like FEMA, like called in after the piss hurricane. Who was like <laughs> kind of grim, <laughs> grim. Well, no, no, but of... Ralph Kruger was before Eakins. Oh, was he? Who was yeah, after yeah. Eakins? Uh, fucking well, Eakins got let go, and then it was Craig McTavish, like co-coached with Todd Nelson for like a game or two or something. Okay. Then right. Todd Nelson took over the rest of the year, and then we got fucking. What's his face? Uh, Todd McClellan. Yeah, right. Like none of these guys have been steady enough. Like the only guy who's like, we I think of, somebody... of, of besides Tippett, Todd McClellan was the most steady. He definitely was able to weather the the piss hurricane more, like better than most. But he's also the kind of guy who like. No, I don't think he was. Still, I, I mean, I think you know, I think he was only, too thing, scrappy. Like, there's only scrappy. there's only a certain percentage. Yeah, he's he's scrappy, so he he's got yeah, in there exactly. And he tried to... Well, no, he, but like, because he's got, he has a lot of pride and, and more power to him. I think he's actually a really good coach. So, oh, love um, Todd McClellan. Lo, lo, could have kept, love coach, kept to, to coach Todd. We, should, we could have kept him. But, yep, um, absolutely. it's like, uh, there's only like 1% of the population of NHL hockey players that actually doesn't mind or, in fact, maybe even likes the kind of fishbowl atmosphere of a Canadian hockey market. Or so let's say 5%. It's a very small number. It's probably like know. more like two percent tops, right? Yeah. There's yep. also a small percentage of coaches that can come into a market like that and like just like have being slapped in the face by the hurricane of piss every day and just be like completely immune to it, or at least mostly yeah. immune to it, and kind of yeah. view it with this like casual, disdainful, uh, like pity, you know? Like, like look, look, it's like just like seriously, like this is what you guys are, are worried about. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then you walk away and you're like, forget about that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, I think when you're the coach of a Canadian market team, you, you can either be like completely blown away by the piss hurricane, or you can be almost like, like above it. Like there's no market where you're more of a quote unquote coach than the Canadian market. So if you're the type of coach that can really sort of embody that role and not a lot of type, not a lot of like coach type guys, are like that you know what i mean there's not a there's not a lot of um people that have the leadership qualities that really are specific to hockey coach in canadian market mm. and i think dave tippett is one of those guys absolutely i'm not sure yeah. if ken holland is ken holland to <clears throat> me will always be like an electrolux vacuum salesman first and foremost i mean but he's I'm kind, of, I'm kind of coming around to his He's just been in it a really long time, and I think he's a lot cagier than I give him credit for. Oh, he's for. definitely maybe, cagier, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah. a lot that comes with being an Electrolux vacuum salesman. Like, you got to know your shit. Oh, you got to know all, all the different parts and functions. And, you well, know, just you got to fucking... know every trick in the book. Like, I bet you... Compliment the customer. Compliment, compliment, compliment. <laughs> and then attack. <laughs> 
then attack with the sales like, pitch. Like every salesman trick, like he knows them all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he knows them all. He's a oh, vacuum. you got a dog? Yeah, I got a dog myself. I like got two of them. I love them. Dogs are amazing. Yeah. Oh, fishing pole here. I love fishing myself. When Jack, oh, I see. I see you're a family of the faith. Well, you know, I've been a man of the faith myself for a long time. Oh, I yeah, see like, you like Black Sabbath. Well, I saw them back to back the summers of uh, 77, 78. Man, what a show. Could have used the vacuum, though. Those guys really could have used the vacuum. Oh, yeah. Those guys notoriously untidy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's crazy because um, I think Dave Tippett is the first guy we've had in a long time that is that uh, that thing. You know what I mean? Like nobody else really had those secret spices that uh, amounted to uh, coach, hockey coach archetype that needs to exist in a market like Edmonton. Mm. I just, I don't know. I think we're situated. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see this team play. I think we're going to I mean, be a, good a, a lot season. better. Good regular season year. team a couple years in a row now. Definitely needed to up our game in the playoffs. I think we've potentially made some acquisitions that could help us in that front. Yes. You know, losing a, losing a Larson could potentially hurt us there too. But the, but the we night is young. Duncan Keith. Yeah, we got Duncan Keith. Yeah, like, we need another you... defenseman though. Yeah, especially if we don't sign resign Barry. But I mean, you know, we have kind of Duncan Keith. Come around to the. Go we ahead. have Duncan Keith. We also have Darnell Nurse. Like that guy's no, great. Nurse is. Like what an emergence! Amazing. What an emergence of him for him. You like know? how like many he's such teams, a he's such a like fucking soldier now, man. Like I know how many teams have a guy like two guys like that. Let alone like we have Bouchard. There's, there's 31 teams in the league that want Darnell Nurse right now for it, sure. Totally. And I think Ethan Bear is going to have a much better season than he did last year. See Bear, I, I could I could see Bear being part of a trade for another defenseman potentially. You know what? I do too. But if it doesn't happen and we end up keeping Bear, which I'd be fine with because I think there's a lot of there's still a lot of potential in that guy. I'd love to hold uh, on to him too, just because you gotta figure as well, like he's like he's you know, Western Canadian guy. Yeah. There's like the, he's like a, he's it's a, he's kind of a hometown hero in a sense. Although I think oh. he's from isn't he from BC? Where's he from? Uh, so Saskatchewan? I can't remember now. Yeah, something like that. I should be able to know the name of the first nation that he is part of. Um. Yeah. Anyways, the situation on defense is like so much more fluid than uh, I expected it to be. Yeah, he was born in Regina. Yeah, Regina. Regine to the uh, Ochapawachi Nation near Whitewood, Saskatchewan. Oh no, he was raised in the nation. Yeah. Um. I mean. I don't know, man. Don't know. Like you're more you're more concerned about it than I am. I am. I am. Like I'm cautiously optimistic. It'll be really interesting to see what happens later. There's a lot of trades of the draft. Draft is tomorrow. Um, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah, tomorrow. And we're sure. still we're just like so far. Like the Oilers have made a lot of moves, and there's still like a lot more to happen. Like it's not free agent day. The draft hasn't happened, and training camp hasn't even. Yet. like we're yeah. still this team even as it stands today i said yesterday this team is going to be different and now we've got another guy since yesterday potentially probably and i this team is going to be completely different come training camp time you know there's going to be more new there's going to be you, some of your favorites might be gone like brace yourselves and if yeah. that happens like you just have to these guys are now your favorites the guys that we have 
are your new favorites. Yeah. So don't, which is how don't it works. Worry. That's yeah. the way it works. It's yeah. the nature of the game. I'll be a little sad to see James Neal bought out and go if it's, then it looks like that's what's going to happen. I, I guess the only way it doesn't happen is if the free agent situation is just goes so poorly that we just literally have no one else to ice. Yeah. But don't you think James Neal is going to have like a great rest of his life? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Well, I think then, James like, that, be sh- fine. that should be enough for, for, for you and me and James Neal and everybody. Yeah, it'll be fine. Also, I feel as though like yeah, he, he will be fine. He will be fine. Oh, he got out of Calgary, man. He's golden. He's just happy to like that was a situation like get me out. Yeah. No matter what you pay me, it's not worth it. Get me out. Yeah. What do you think of like everyone like like uh the Kraken taking Giordano? Oh, the Kraken like, are gonna stink. They're yeah. really gonna suck. I can't believe they didn't take Carey Price. Like the reason well, they did you, just did you hear scared? like apparently Carey Price is only gonna be out like four to six weeks now? It's like Bergevin fucking like pulled pulled off like he, he was like lincoln passing the, the the emancipation proclamation he like wheeled a deal to cajoled like a fucking masterful master guy how long was he supposed to be out like what, what were they saying like potentially like be? he couldn't he wouldn't be ready for for training camp who who that's what they were saying that's why the kraken didn't take care no of i mean that was one of the things flying out there that might have just been like oh fluff God. of course they had access well, to his full medical file yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reason Vegas was so good, I, I'm of the belief that if you're an expansion team, the most important thing you can have is a steady presence in net. You know what I mean? Somebody who's uh, like, that's what, to me, that's why Vegas was so great because they got Mark Andre Fleury. It was a stroke of, like, not even a stroke of genius, a stroke of obviousness to get that guy. Uh, and now the Kraken have like a couple schmucks back there and like a, a bunch of spare parts. Like that team sucks. Their yeah, best they do player, look like they're gonna have some trouble scoring. Their best player just, is like Jordan Everly. <laughs> I find it funny though, like because I still hate Mark Giordano with a passion because I think oh, he's yeah. just a dirty player. Yeah, but, like, big time. It was kind of surreal. I was reading like Lucic talking about him as he left. He's just like, oh, you know, Mark Gio is so great. Gio, 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 and I was just like, well, then why the fuck did they expose him to the expansion draft? You know, like he's their captain. Also, also like, can you imagine the types of guys like Luch thinks is great? Exactly. Yeah. What do you think Lucic would ever do if he like heard us talking about him this way? Do you think we'd be fucked? We, he'd fuck us up. I don't know what he'd do. Probably something like real dirty. I mean, he also probably like would pay it so little mind. We would both be like devastated by like the implication that we're like so meaningless to him. No, no, I'm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. He wouldn't be devastated. Luch is like that guy we talked about before. The guy standing outside the bar in mixed martial arts t-shirts with embroidered jeans constantly spitting and wearing a t-shirt when it's like <laughs> minus minus 30 outside yeah. like fuck fuck that guy like, i don't pay attention to that guy i don't truck <laughs> i don't i don't truck with that fella you know what i'm yeah, saying you don't you don't seek his attention either that's probably smart smart play yeah yeah with your mixed martial arts shirt and your embroidered back pockets fuck you dude mm. fuck you you should have you, you should have a jacket on man it could be, That's a, what it I'll could say be an okay look. You know, it reminds me one time I owned a pair of jeans that had the pockets, back pockets removed, which was interesting. It was an interesting look. Like it had they, no back pockets? Yeah, like they'd been they'd been like disassembled, leaving oh, behind like a like leaving behind like an impression of what was once there. I like those jeans. Like those a phantom nice a phantom back pocket. Yeah, phantom back pockets. It was weird. Did you ever try to put something back there and it like just uh, at first? Out? I got used to it eventually. <laughs> it was pre-cell phone days, I think. So Oh, okay. It didn't go as bad as it could have gone. Wow. 
Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, now that we've arrived at the most important topics, we can probably start the wind down procedure. We've been on for like an hour now, bro. I don't it's, know if you know. It's, uh, there's a lot. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah. We had, didn't even delve into Mike Smith that much. I mean, I'm fucking I mean, stoked. It flew under the radar so hard with all the other news going on too. Like literally, I don't even think reporters were aware of it. What What's the deal? Like two years for $2 million essentially? Uh, let me pull up the article by it's Oilers Nation like writer that, right? and friend of the show and frequent guest. We got to have Zach back on. Uh, Zach Lang posted this in Oilers Nation just earlier today. So yeah, year one, it's uh, 1.9 million base. Year two, 2.5 million base. But the thing is, like, I guess you can't do performance bonuses in a two-year contract for a player of this age. So yeah. there's no performance bonuses or anything. That actually is what put us over the cap, his performance bonuses from, uh, I think, last year. Do you One think of the two like, years, we, we, got, we got hit with that a little bit. Do you think that contract just went like, um, like to me, that contract was Ken Holland was in his office. Like that was a busy day for Ken Holland, right? Like he was like, I'm showing up at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm putting in a phone at full day. I will not be home until five o'clock. I will not be home early. And then at some point, Mike Smith was like, hey, can I, uh, you want to do this now? And he's like, what do you want? Like a million bucks a year, two years? Mike Smith is like, yep. And then like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of back and forth. It was like, will you give me more than one year? Yes. How about $1 million a year? And he's like, yes. No, you know what I mean? 2.5. So it's like the average, that's 2.2 million cap hit. Yeah. Yeah. Which if he's a starter, fucking great. And I don't see any reason for him not to be the starter going into the next year, given that he just had a fucking like Vezina style campaign. 21, six and three. And people think he's not going to be our starter. Like show me who is going to be our starter. Show me a guy with shittier numbers who you'd rather have in that for some weird reason. Cause you're an ageist, I suppose. I mean, like, because th- like, people thinks, think we got to solve the goaltending problem of next this year, and idea, year after, right now. This idea, here's another thing. This idea that people think that old guys are just going to keep playing eternally and like nobody's, and, and they themselves aren't going to be like, I need to stop doing this. Like, people think that Mike Smith, despite surviving in a league that's like that tough and he's 39 years old is just going to keep playing and he won't be the first one to acknowledge that like, I can't do this anymore. Like that's the way it works with old guys. They're the ones, once you get to a certain point, we're like, I can't do this anymore. They're the first ones to say it. It's not like somebody else was like, you know what? Uh, you're just too old. You can't do this anymore because you're too old. Like the first guy who will say that will be the old guy himself. It's true. Yeah. Usually. No, no. Tell me a guy. Well, I mean, outside playing. of hockey, there's plenty of old men who, have, who would grasp to would grasp power a little too long. Pro athletes? Like, yeah. Uh, maybe. I can't. I can't think of one really who was like that guy should have stopped playing. And and, and if they do, no, it's like that's true. They, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen very often. The whole reason they're playing is because they think <clears throat> they can still compete. Like it's like a drive. Like Tom Brady, how about the best quarterback of all like time? Clarence Thomas being one I of the oldest guys in the league. About. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, Oilers fan base haven't hit their ageists. There's a real well, the whole the whole. Problem. I mean, given the like new supremacy of numbers and the fact that numbers now have died for our sins, regardless of things like you know cognitive bias, you know uh, sample bias, fucking you know 
adding error, like arithmetic errors. <laughs> like there's all kinds yeah. of shit that breaks that shit. I mean, which isn't to say I don't put any stock in it. Of course I put someone in. <clears throat> well, why don't we leave it there though, my friend? I've got to okay. go cough up something that's probably going to look like escargot. And that takes a while. <laughs> um, like Stuart Skinner could play Stuart backup Skinner. for all I care. I don't yeah. care. If it's a true backup, mop-up duty in like the Eastern Conference games, back-to-backs, I don't care. Like that's not what's going to it's not going to make or break your regular season that shit. That's why mm. it's backup. That's why there's two of you. It's because yeah. you just get somebody to do that. And if they win and you can build something out of that, great. It's not like there's very few backups who like lose all of their games, except the guy we had to go like 1B with Mike Smith, Mr. Four Goals on Four Shots himself, Miko Koskinen. Like a, what a true, day. what a day, a true bum of the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like that's the guy you want to hit. Remember, you said you'd to? have to see him work concession first before you trust him working concession. Should I say that? <laughs> I'd have to see him work concession before I hired him to work concession. A prac. I want to see you do a dummy shift. Yeah, totally. You know, well, customer service is difficult. It's like <laughs> now. Here's my impression of <laughs> Miko Koskinen at the at the concession stand. <laughs> so you want <laughs> so you want uh, the cheese or <laughs> I can't I can't even do it. It's making me laugh too much. Just the thought of yeah, it. That's what he'd be like. <laughs> he'd be constantly laughing, and he'd be like, "You know what? Just forget it. You're bad." So you want uh, the the cheese and the. That's with with the beers. Okay. Like, are you even listening to me? There's no expression on your face. Like, I can't tell if you even... Are you upset? What's going on? Do you remember that game? Was that that same game where Miko, like, tried to make, make his... Like, break his stick? And then he, like... Somebody skated by him and was like, what are you doing? And then Miko, like, stopped mid-swing. He was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, fuck, Sorry. And then, like, he was like, oh, afterwards, like, it was the most humiliating business I've ever seen. He, like, so I have to, I have to tell you, I'm sorry, but uh, he checked. His we don't swing. take, uh, we don't take debit, uh, debit payments here. It has to be Miko, cash. We or, do uh, take debit. Miko, <laughs> we or do Visa. take debit. Uh, nobody told me we took, we took debit cards before, right now. <laughs> right now. I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about it now. Nobody was talking about the, de- the debit cards before. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we're actually going to do with Nico Costco. I feel like we're going to hold on to him as the backup this year. And then Kenny's going to let him Are walk you and, just be like, and just be like, thank God that's over with. Cause then he can really walk away. There's no lingering cap head. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that though. Now I'm worried. Now I'm scared. I don't know if I can handle another season with Miko Koskin and just like waiting in the wings. Like, <laughs> you know what i mean it's scary to think about isn't it yeah it's nightmarish that's what i mean it's actually scary like an edgar <laughs> Allan poe story is scary it's like you like wake up in the middle of the night you look under your bed you just see miko down there like his full gear just like miko. terrifying <laughs> it'd actually be a good name for like a slasher film type goalie you know like a jason ripoff miko yeah i can see it I've come to kill you all, and I'm not afraid to do it. I, I know how to do it. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's very Miko's very deadpan, which at first I that's what I admired most about it. Remember, like 
when he was on that big run. We were so into like when he first. Oh, it was Miko, pod. Miko, Miko was like the yeah, name of but, every pod. But we were so into something we both really liked about him was just how stone faced he was, how he was just like a cold blooded assassin. Yeah, it's, it's and, funny and how that is became, amazing when the goalie's doing well, but as soon yeah. as their play turns to shit, it's like it matters nothing. And almost it's like there's no greater, like it's almost what I ascribe all of his suckiness to. It's like, what do you now? I'm starting to think like you just didn't realize what was going on. Mm, like you didn't mm. understand how amazing it was that you were winning and playing well. Mm. Did you appreciate that? Did it sink in? Did you realize that's what you were supposed to be doing? It was like people would be like, Nico, you played a great game. And he was like, Yeah, I played really good. The team played really good. It's like looking yeah, back nice on that. I was like, no, Nico, I need you to understand what you did was the right thing to do. Stopping the pucks was the right thing to do. That was good, Nico. And I need you to say to me, I know that was good. I'll do it again. You know, we just play as a team and it's a team game. No, 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 Nico, no. You don't get it. You're not listening. Just try and stop the puck. I, uh, it's my job to stop the puck and, uh, you know, I just try and sometimes it doesn't work, but uh, you just got to keep working hard. It's a team game. Yeah. Nico, I hope he doesn't come back. I mean, if he does, it'll be hilarious. If he doesn't and... come back, it means that we've moved, we've pulled another move to get another goalie. And so we need to make space. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I still think Stuart Skinner could do exactly what Miko Koska does. I don't see, you know what I mean? I'm, I wouldn't go quite that far. Really? We, you don't some, think you don't think another Sco- you don't think do Stuart Skinner could let in four goals on four shots? Mm, he, uh, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. Oh, there you go. That's a step. That's let's see how progress. he looks in training camp. How about? But I think there'll also be another goalie in the mix by then, probably. Yeah, there could if be. If Miko's out, and otherwise, you know, it's not it's not the no, most he, insane thing you know to what? do to let Miko yes, walk. Yes, it but is. It's, the Oilers had to do this thing where, like, this is some another thing Oilers do is we get saddled to a goalie. And we start thinking, like, you know what? I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world if we keep that guy. When it actually is the worst thing in the world to keep that guy. Like, is the worst thing in the world to you losing games, letting in four goals on four shots? To me, that's near the top of worst things in the world in the hockey universe. Yeah. And the so team would that kind of shrink back. when he was in the, out there. That was, oh, that was another gosh. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go. You you gotta go cough up your snail. I'll let you go. Yeah. No, escargot. Very different. Um, right. Right. I'm looking forward to the pig, uh, the pig festival at uh, the cinema this weekend as well. Oh my gosh! Enter the pig cage. You kidding me? It's gonna be pig. Awesome. Uh, leaving Las Vegas, and Babe too. Pig in the city. Did you see that movie after I told you to see it? I think you did. I think I did. Yeah. yeah and was sure. I not 100 percent right? Uh, it's like a yeah, it's a masterstroke. It's a oh pure genius. So different it's from the original, too. Completely different. But it's like pure. It's like watching that movie. I was in a state of euphoria. And there's maybe like two or three times in my life where I've been at that level where it's just like afterwards. It was like uh, I had done like psychedelic drugs for two days mm, afterwards. Where mm. I was just like I was on a much happier, more joyous plane than. Well, it's because the fable. Everyone who hadn't watched Babe Two with me. It's because the fable is extremely underrepresented in modern culture. In fact, so many writers probably never even would attempt to imagine writing a fable such as Babe Two, Pig in the City. So it would be psychedelic. 
Stephen Wright's doing like voice acting in that. Like he's like doing the providing the voice for like the chimpanzee. Stephen oh, Wright. Yeah, Stephen Wright. Yeah, I forgot me? about that. Mickey Rooney's in that doing the voice. Yeah. The movie is a delight. It's if you true. haven't seen Babe 2 Pig in the City, Metro Cinema at Edmonton, in Edmonton, this Sunday. Sunday afternoon. What else are you going to do? Go see ticket. Babe 2 Pig in the City. What are you going to do? Go to church? Give me a break. Babe, two, Babe, two, Pig Babe City. 2 should be your church. That's your new church, Babe 2. It is. All right. Well, I'm sure people will look forward to that. I wish I could be there, my friend. Otherwise, um, we will hook it up again soon. I will send you uh, a sacred missive via carrier pigeon, or uh, you will hear my my screams and shouts on the astral plane. Um, but don't be alarmed. We still have a lot of time left this off season to acquire some more players and round out our roster. So or not. there'll be screams of um, hopefully not fear, but of ecstasy at some point as well. We're going to be a great team this year, and we won't get swept in the playoffs. What more do you? What more do you need to know? I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, brother. Have a nice night. Talk to you soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.